welcome to another episode of Indiana Politics. I'm Deb Chubb, and we are very delighted today to have with us Trish Whitcomb, who is a longtime Indiana Democratic stalwart and is now uh, running for the Indiana State Democratic Party chair. So uh, first, Trish, I want to welcome you, and I want to ask you, tell us why you're running, and tell us more about yourself, too. Well, thank you, Deb, so much for inviting me today. I do want to take just a moment to note the passing of former First Lady Susan Bye. Not only was she First Lady of Indiana, she was a strong intellectual powerhouse on her own, and she uh, will be missed by so many of us here in Indiana. And of course, we all extend our condolences to the Bai family and um, just wish them well at this sad time. So I did wanna say that. Um, and it segues into, I am from Indiana and I am related to two former governors of Indiana. The first was James Whitcomb. You may have heard the poet, James Whitcomb Riley. Uh, his father was friends with the first governor Whitcomb back in 1837. And then my own father was a Republican governor of Indiana in the late 60s and early 70s. And Deb, the thing uh, that I, I cherish very much is that he and I would have conversations about governance and politics. And at that time, it seemed like we both wanted the same thing, but we just had different ways of going about it. But the Republicans today, I don't think they are... For, adequately funding schools. I know they are totally not about environmental protection. And I also know that they really don't have a lot of interest in making sure our local governments have the local control that they need. So I've been very active in politics all my life. I became a democratic activist uh, through my friendship with Cordelia Lewis Burks back in the 70s. And then in the 80s, I, I worked on several winning campaigns here in Indiana. Of course, I worked for Senator Birch by 1980 and he did not win. But then shortly after that, uh, Jim Johns, who represented the fifth district, I worked on his first campaign and did the voter contact, he won. And then in 88, I helped Evan Bayh become governor of Indiana with the direct voter contact. And in 89, Jill Long Thompson, elected to the fourth district of Congress and on and on. I, after I left Indiana, I worked in a national uh, voter contact firm and we did congressional challengers. And I'm proud to say that of the several dozen, almost 50 races that we did for congressional challengers, we won 37 of them. So I've done that. I've worked around the country. I was on the Clinton-Gore rapid response team in 92, and that was great. And I've done several local races. And then in 2010, I raised money for Bob Osley when he was on the ticket with Pete Buttigieg and Sam Locke and Bob Osley. And then after that, I think everybody, well, not everybody, but probably all of your viewers uh, know that I managed Glenda Ritz successful campaign in 2012. And she is the last Democrat to win statewide. Also, one more thing, 
in 2014 when I was president of the Indiana Federation of Democratic Women, we focused our attention on Melanie Wright and she was the only legislative pickup that year. So that's my background. I've raised lots of money. I've done lots of message training. I, um, I'm a grassroots person and I believe that that background and that orientation is going to rebuild the party in a stronger, better, build back better. <laughs> That's what I want to do. That's excellent. Um, and I know, you know, my own experience last year working with the 29 outstanding Democratic women who are running with state uh, for the state legislature, you were there. You were there for all of those candidates. And that meant so much to me and to all of those candidates. Um, the, the help that you provided was really helpful. Um, you know, although we didn't get the outcome we wanted, um, you know, we're all back in the fight and you uh, especially. And so we know we learned a lot last year. So tell us now, you know, what do we need to do to, you know, to get back on track as Democrats in Indiana? The first thing I would do as new chair would be to bring clubs, county parties, city parties in some you know, of our counties, we have uh, parties and the women's clubs, bring the people who are working the hardest on the front line and talk to them about what they think works, what they think does not work, bring some new ideas and then develop a menu that we can deliver from the state to assist these local parties. And by that, I mean the county parties and the caucuses. We have some amazing caucus leadership and I know you've had them on your show. And I know that their work is fabulous. I also know that if they got a little bit of support from the state party, uh, that would be, I think that would pay off exponentially. So I, I think you know this Deb, that uh, women deliver between 10 and 15% more votes for Democrats. And while we rep, you know, we welcome the support of all voters, it's time for progressive women to be recognized and um, given an opportunity to, to show what they do best. And so I'm all about that. I'm all about uh, reorganizing the fundraising. There are so many things that we can do to help our local parties and our caucuses raise money that they can use right where they are. That's what they need. They need to be able to raise their own money and use it where they think is best. Of course, I hope to retain all the donors that John Zodi did a very good job of uh, cultivating a good financial base. And I hope to be able to retain those donors I also hope to be able to attract some other voters, or excuse me, donors uh, from a national profile. Well, that's excellent. Yeah, and you know, you know, you struck right to my heart there. Um, women in democratic politics really do not get the credit they deserve, uh, in my opinion, and uh, in my own experience um, in working in the Democratic Party. Um, so, and uh, and last year we saw this phenomenon uh, of women who all you know, came out from everywhere in Indiana to join a Facebook group called Nasty Women. Uh, uh, Indiana Nasty Women is what it's called now. I mean, thousands and thousands of women. And what we learned from that group was that there are there is definitely an appetite for engagement in the Democratic Party, in the Democratic process. But I think many of those women feel there is not enough transparency. There's not enough uh, welcoming 
uh, in, in particularly local democratic uh, organizations. And so uh, I, I would urge you, of course, to look at that and engage with those women. Um, and we definitely, as a party, need to find a way to engage women. Um, as you know, one of the big gaps is that there is, um, although there are great caucuses, as you mentioned, there is still no women's caucus, um, right. which is just, uh, you know, I, I don't, I just don't even understand it. Um, that just doesn't make sense. Uh, women's issues in Indiana need so much attention in the legislature and are getting zero, uh, even a review, even any interest amongst uh, the supermajority that we have in there now. Uh, and Something this is a way that to help engage with women. Oh, I'm sorry, Deb. No, go ahead, go ahead. Something I think that can help with that is um, another thing that I hope to do as chair, and that is think about the use of data that we have in a broader context. And I know your friend Mary was on the Biden digital team and she and I have been talking about the ways that we could improve just the van itself and how we could improve the use of data and how we can even help those local and county parties and caucuses with more efficient use of data. And so, I think when people start to see the numbers, women are going to get the recognition that they deserve. So that's another thing that I think is very, very important. Building out a, a broader finance base, more sophisticated use of our data and more inclusion, especially with our community partners, because you know, Deb, there are several community organizations whose missions mirror our democratic values. And so, I know that Christine Bohm does this up in Huntington County. They have days of action where they support local nonprofits. And that is a great way for our Democrats to get out, interact with these groups, hear how they talk about the impact of policies and start developing a dialogue with them so that when election time comes along, we can speak to them the way that they talk about policy and bring them along with us. So these are all grassroots things. We have a very good opportunity in 2021 because there are no elections <laughs> and uh, we can build, build, build. And then uh, in 2022, we'll be ready. And then if we can get those uh, elections at the municipal level back on track, we've lost some ground there. It's time to get that back on track and then we'll be ready for 24. Yeah, I think that is so vital, just the grassroots um, you know, repair that we need to do in the party. Uh, and one of the things when you talk about data, um, we, you know, VAN, which is the, you know, the Democratic database, has always relied on volunteers to improve that database. And the only way to really do that well and to get really rich data is to have at the very local level. Uh, democratic volunteers who are developing relationships in their neighborhoods um, right. so that they understand not only you know what age that person is or what their voting history, but what issues are important to them right. and what they would like to see in a candidate. Uh, right. So that's the kind of rich data that we could get if we had a terrific grassroots organization. And that data would so help the entire uh, campaign for local candidates. 
ones if they knew if they could reach out to people who uh, who they had good relationships with and volunteers could provide excellent information about what issues um, the Democrats want to talk about, um, then those candidates would have a, a head start and they would be able to reach out to those people and they would welcome them. They would already have their issues articulated. Uh, so it's a, great, it's a great- I'm sorry, having a head start, Deb, that reminds me, we need to build a bench at the Democratic Party. And that has been something, I'm doing an analysis of 2020 and I can tell you that um, I'm not finished yet, but there are many counties in Indiana where there was no candidate at the county level. We had, of course, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris at the top, and then we'd have our congressional candidates, and then we'd have our legislative candidates. But the drop-off after that, when you start a clerk and go all the way down to commissioners, um, not that that's a lower, I mean, it's just lower on the ballot, um, we have counties that didn't run, they didn't run anybody. And you can't tell me that there's not a smart, motivated young woman or man in a community who would make a good candidate, but we don't have anything in some parts of the state to offer our candidates. And that's why it's so important to get our database ready at the van, like you say, help these county parties develop their own funding base so that they can tell good, well-qualified people, hey, why don't you be our candidate for auditor? And that's the other benefit of getting in with some of these uh, community nonprofits. That's where you see the leadership. There is a goldmine of leadership in, in every community because that nonprofit sector has people who are motivated to help people. And that's the kind of person we would want as a candidate. That's right. And you know, you're, you're so right that that is another area that I hadn't really thought a whole lot about, but is absolutely true. I worked so hard to recruit women to run uh, to, uh, at the state level last year. And I worked very hard. And, uh, and there was not any really you know, similar program of recruitment uh, at the local level. That's not that I saw anyway. So you're right, that is important. So I think, um, I think local county organizations could build a cabinet of uh, team leaders who were addressing those particular areas, fundraising, candidate recruitment, and candidate support, community service, um, and community outreach, and a number of other areas, uh, so that they could really have a, a, a deep bench of volunteers uh, that would then, like you say, turn into great candidates for Democrats. So, That's right. Deb, so, um, I have a request for your viewers, and course. that is if the ideas that I've told you today make sense to you and you think I should be the next state chair, please send an email to info at indems.org. You know, the state party has on its website, a little place you click and go info and then give me a copy so I can thank you for stating your support of me. And my email address is t. Whitcomb, W-H-I-T-C-O-M-B dot Sipes, S-I-P-E-S at Gmail. Uh, because here's what's my strength is at the grassroots, Deb, as you know. And 
I'm hoping I can get enough people to signal to the members of the state committee now, because many of them will be voting for the state chair, that I have this grassroots support all over the state. It's the most important thing that someone can do to help me at this time, unless they're a district leader, a district vice chair, or currently serving on the state central committee, um, I need to let those people know that there is grassroots support for me out there all over the state. Oh, that's excellent. So, and the timeline is March 20th is that election, I believe. Um, March 6th is the day that precinct committee chairs and vice chairs will come together and elect their county chair. Uh, and then the following Saturday, one week later, uh, those newly elected county uh, officials will come together and elect their congressional district chairs and vice chairs. Uh, and then on March 20th, one week after that, uh, they will come together on the state central committee and elect a new statewide Democratic Party chair. So, um, so now's the time. Now's the time to get active. Now's the time to engage into the Democratic Party and to demand um, what we need to get uh, Democrats elected in this state. Uh, you know, it feels like nowhere to go but up at this point, sure. but um, you know, but I, I don't wanna discount any of the terrific people because there are many, many terrific people doing great work uh, in the party. And, uh, sure. and we can, like you. Really need oh, well, thank you very much. Yeah. So uh, we are trying, we are working as hard as we can to get good information out there to people about the Democratic party and help engage people into the party. Um, what I found and which has really spurred me to do these sorts of podcasts and everything, was that there was really an information desert um, about mm -hmm. Indiana politics. There was very mm -hmm. little information going out um, to people right. all over the state about what right. is happening in politics in Indiana. And, um, and I'm so pleased to be able to help the Democratic Party get the information out uh, to Democrats and to help people uh, engage in the party. So, and Deb, if anybody wants to private message me on Facebook, I'm right there, Trish Whitcomb on Facebook. So. Uh, Thank you so much. Um, I know your time is valuable. I have a phone call coming up, so I'm going to have to say goodbye, but thank you so much. And it's always a pleasure, Deb. Okay, great. Now, before you go, I always like to ask any parting words of wisdom that you'd like to share with us before we sign off. Don't give up. I'm sorry? Don't give up. <laughs> we won't. We cannot give up. We cannot. So, all right, great. Thank you so much, Trish. It's so great to see you. I've so enjoyed getting to know you this last year. I feel like you're a great friend. And um, and as you say, you're right there and you are. You're just so accessible. And I've always really appreciated that. Thanks, Deb. It's so great working with you too. I appreciate oh. it. Thank you. Excellent. All right. Until next time. <laughs>